Thanks everybody for listening. Before we start today's podcast, let me tell you about Peterson Toyota, a great new sponsor over the last few months. They've been serving customers in the Fort Collins and surrounding areas for 52 years. They've mastered what knowing people want from a car dealership and have built their business around it. Peterson is Northern Colorado's largest automotive dealership, and yet they care for each and every customer for the lifetime of their vehicle needs. You can expect high-quality vehicles at the right price. If you are in the market for a new or used vehicle, make Peterson Toyota your first choice. All right, welcome to Ram Nation Radio. I'm really happy to welcome in the two starting point guards of Colorado State University, both of whom wear the number four, coincidentally. Sophomores Isaiah Stevens from the men's team and McKenna Hofschild from the women's team. Isaiah is coming off a near triple-double in Monday night's loss at San Diego State, which was part of a split the Rams earned on the road. He's returning. He's the returning Mountain West freshman of the year, averaging 35 minutes a game, 14 points, and almost seven assists a game. Uh, and they sit at six and two and three and one in Mountain West play. So good start for the men's team. McKenna, likewise, a sophomore in her first year at CSU after transferring from Seton Hall of the Big East last year. She's averaging 29 minutes a game, 13 points and 6.5 assists a game for the women who are seven and one overall three and one in conference play. First of all, guys, thank you so much for joining us. Would really just love to start off and know what this season has been like for you, uh, you know, with all the COVID protocols, McKenna, I know you haven't had any cancellations or shutdowns, but uh, I imagine it's still been an odd year with no crowds and uh, the two game series structure here in conference play. Um, what's it been like for you? Yeah, it's definitely been different, you know, no crowds and a lot of different kind of approaches to how we have to do things on a daily basis. But honestly, I think it's really helped our team come together and get even closer, which is helped us, you know, be as best as we can be on the court. You feel like you've dodged some bullets without uh, having any game cancellations, postponements yet and, and shutdowns or anything? Yeah, honestly, it's been, it's kind of surprising, but it's really good. And we're hoping to continue to dodge all the delays and the cancellations and keep going with the season. Knock on wood, right? Yeah. <laughs> Isaiah, how's it, how challenging, challenging has it been for you? Uh, it's definitely been different. Uh, uh, like she said, no crowds. Uh, the entertainment factor is a little different, but we just want to play. And so when we get together and practices and different things like that, uh, we're just focusing on trying to get better each and every day and win as many games as possible. And hopefully we'll be able to get Moby back rocket soon enough. Isaiah, I, I, I'll let you jump in here, Steve, in just a sec, but you got to be exhausted today, right, Isaiah? Because you're coming off back-to-back uh, -back games, which you played 80 minutes. Um, and Coach Medved said that he, he joked to you after the game last night that if you don't like the minutes, you can go ahead and transfer somewhere else where you'll play less <laughs> minutes. Uh, how grueling was that two-game set in San Diego for you guys and you personally? Uh, I honestly think my adrenaline probably carried me through it uh, better than it ever has. Uh, I honestly feel pretty good, but – I just want to compete and I just want to help my team win in any way possible. And uh, coach felt like it was best for me to stay out there uh, for the duration of the game to give our team the best chance to win. And that's what I'm going to do. But at the same time, if anybody else uh, needed to step in, I have the ultimate confidence in my teammates that uh, they could have pulled through as well. So uh, I'm just glad how we competed. Uh, we could have been better in a lot of areas, but uh, we're still young and we're going to uh, learn and grow from that experience out there in San Diego. 
So I just wanted to cut in on one thing, uh, and it's kind of a COVID conversation. I know in the past, um, both the men's and women's teams have had a chance to watch each other, spend a little time with each other. Have you, have you two had a chance to see each other play or, or uh, get to know each other at all, or has COVID really limited you guys from doing that? Uh, I've gotten a chance to watch her play a little bit. Nah, she, she's really good. And the first game I watched, I was impressed. Uh, I was like, who is this running around here, out here making plays and stuff like that? But uh, no, nah, I was really impressed. Uh, COVID has limited our interactions, uh, to be honest, but uh, hopefully we'll be able to connect soon enough. Uh, Isaiah, you personally um, last night recorded your second double-double uh, of the year with 11 points, uh, 10 assists, and you were just one rebound away from a triple-double, uh, career-high nine boards. Uh, you did have probably more turnovers than you'd like in a game. Um, that's not really uh, – you don't we don't see that from you a lot. It, how much of that is attributed to, one, probably uh, a lot to do with their defense and their style of play, uh, and two – Playing a lot of minutes this year. Uh, definitely turnovers isn't something I'm proud of. Uh, definitely want to limit those, but uh, it was definitely a learning experience out there in San Diego for me. Uh, probably got a glimpse at a really high level about how a lot of teams will continue to guard me and uh, pressure our team as a whole. And so we just got to be tougher uh, mentally and physically and take care of the basketball. And it's as simple as that. So. Uh, we'll be better from it, uh, watch the film, connect with my coaches. Uh, they still have the ultimate confidence in me. So uh, just go out there and trust my instincts and continue to just learn and grow. Coach Medved said after the game that he, he felt, just like you said, you know, going up in that uh, against that team, you know, on two, two times in three nights with their pressure, it probably has elevated your game going forward the rest of the season. Um, just facing that kind of competition and being thrown in the fire like that, uh, in, in learning from, from the turnovers and mistakes that were made, not just you, but the entire team? Absolutely, 100%. Uh, that's arguably one of the best defensive teams, not only in our conference, but in the whole nation. So uh, um, just starting to learn different ways to be effective. Uh, it's not always going to be the same night in and night out, and teams are going to uh, key in on me more and more, and that just comes with the territory. And I'm going to just have to continue to get better and elevate my game and also just be a little bit smart about uh, what I'm getting myself into. Um, question for both uh, McKenna and Isaiah. You've both started three and one um, in conference. Uh, both of you had your first road trips were against the team's pick to finish first. Uh, really more for McKenna. What was it like being thrown into the fire right away going against conference favorite Fresno State? Um, it was really fun. It was such a competitive game, both games actually. And I think we knew that we were a different team than last year and we had something to prove. So going out there and playing against a really good team, it was just a lot of fun. It, like Steve said, um, you know, getting that split against Fresno, uh, you guys have swept DU, who was only two and eight, but they did beat CU, which is nice. Uh, and then to sweep San Diego State, you guys are off to a great start. You weren't here, uh, but you know, over the last couple of years, CSU is only two years removed from going eight and 22, two and 16 in conference. Uh, they were 12 and 18 last year, six and 12. So quite a turnaround early on. I know it's still early, but, you know, do you, what, what in your understanding has been kind of what, what do you attribute the, the early success to? Has there been talk about what's been going better this year than previous years? How have you guys improved? 
Um, I think our the way we play, our pace, I think in the past couple of years, what I know is that it was more of a slower pace kind of set up in their half-court offense, and now we really look to push the ball. So I think that helps us to just give it out and run and find our shooters. And then keep team chemistry, I think, you know, from my understanding that team chemistry this year has been really strong from the years past. So if we can continue that, I think it's going to be really good for all of us. You know, as, as for pushing the pace, uh, both teams are actually uh, very, very interested in pushing the pace and getting uh, early shots. Has that been a transformation for either one of you from the way maybe you were brought up playing prior to coming uh, to CSU? For me, no. I've, I think I've always kind of played fast. I really like to get out and push and find people and just kind of run. I think that makes the game a lot more fun and entertaining. So it's definitely not a change. And I'm, you know, I just, I think this team is really well suited for the way we play. Yeah, uh, same for me. I've been playing probably up-tempo style my whole life, uh, especially on my high school team. Uh, we pressure 94 feet and that. We wanted to score probably in the first seven, eight seconds of the possession. So uh, it was a it was probably an easy transition for me uh, coming here with Coach Mevez style. But uh, yeah, definitely just want to continue to push that and uh, get my shooters open looks. Um, I did want to ask, uh, going back, you talked about high school, uh, both of you. Um, first, I did a little research. Uh, the first thing I ever heard about McKenna uh, was from uh, Chad Lavin, who's a friend of mine. And Chad said, wait till you watch this little girl play. She had 63 points in a high school game. Um, Isaiah, I think your high school high was 42, something like that. Um, I always ask people when they have big scoring games, did you know before the game or during the game that everything you threw up uh, at the basket was going to go in? Uh, was it one of those days for either one of you? Um. You know, it wasn't. And the funny thing is, the gym we were playing in, didn't the scoreboards didn't show our points, which usually we're kind of used to. So I didn't have any clue until the very end when someone came up to me and told me. But um, I guess, yeah, every everything was feeling good that game. Uh, usually for me, uh, I don't necessarily pre-plan how uh, games are going to go. But once you get out there and knock down a couple of shots, you could kind of start – sense and where the game might uh, start going. So uh, I remember the first half was uh, really efficient, but I had a lot of points. And so I just continued on that same trajectory for the rest of the game. Yeah, the reason I asked, I, I can tell you a couple of stories. Uh, a few years ago, we had a point guard named Dorian Green. And before a game at uh, Northern Colorado, he announced to the coaching staff, Coach, I'm on fire. I can't miss. <laughs> and he had 38 that night. Uh, another game uh, where it was more during the game uh, was actually a very painful game at CSU. We were playing New Mexico for in 2013 for what turned out to be the conference championship. And a kid from New Mexico shot 10 for 13 from three, kind of like what Shackle did last night. And I asked him about it after the game. And he said every time he threw the ball up, he thought he was throwing it into a swimming pool. So I, I always ask that question just because I think it, it gives unique insight into, into how things happen sometimes. McKenna, what, what differences have you seen between um, playing basketball in the Big East at Seton Hall and playing here at Colorado State? And I know that you haven't been here um, in a true like environment with 
fans in the in the stands in uh you know the true college environment where you know you guys have been pretty much locked down and, and confined to, to dorms or whatever um but what, what have you seen as the difference between uh your your initial college experience and now um you know it's definitely different because of COVID I can't really get a good grasp on everything out here but I guess just a few things I've noticed is kind of the way people play in this conference first the Big East Big East is a lot more athleticism and physicality and out here it's a lot more you know real skill set I guess you could say but I love it out here I'm very glad I ended up here so I'm just looking forward to figuring out more about this school and this town and everything about it. Did, did you have a chance to play at Villanova? I did. I did. The only reason I ask, I was born two miles from Villanova. That was my first true love. Uh, uh, one, of the reasons, one of the reasons I admire both of you guys, of course, I played a little basketball growing up. I wasn't any good. I was okay. Um, but if I could have been a point guard for Villanova, I, that would have made my life. <laughs> yeah. uh, I want to get, get into that. Have you guys had any 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 role models growing up that uh, people you've tried to pattern your uh, pattern your games after? Uh, McKenna, Isaiah. Uh, for me, probably Chris Paul is one of my all time favorites. Uh, my one of my dad's all time favorites was Magic Johnson and Isaiah Thomas. So uh, maybe you can see the the correlations. Maybe not, but those are some guys that I spent a lot of time watching. Uh, like I said, Chris Paul is probably still my favorite player to this day. Uh, and that's somebody that uh, I try to pattern my game after. Um, I, I'm going to add to that something to that. Um, I've never talked to you about that. I noticed that last year. And the first person I compared your game to was Chris Paul. Um, a lot of ability, uh, obviously uh, great ball handling, but the ability to get into the lane and score in the lane a variety of different ways. Chris Paul, I think, had the best the best uh, runners going. And I, I don't know if I ever saw him hit the rim. <laughs> uh, you have similar kind of skills. McKenna, how about you? Well, who, who, who was your role model growing up? Um, honestly, I watched a lot of Tyus Jones. He was he grew up about 10 minutes from where I lived. He was in the same conference in high school. And so from when I was really young, I just remember I always go to his high school games whenever I could around the cities. I'd watch his mixtapes. So I still watch him a lot. Um, and then, you know, I watched Trey Young a lot, too. I really like the way he plays and kind of his way he puts a little spice onto his game. So those are probably the two that I like to model my game after. At what point in your careers did you gravitate toward becoming point guards? Um, was it early, uh, middle school, elementary school? Uh, but I, it's a skill that, that is uh, a very unique uh, in, the, in the game. It takes a lot of time to develop. But when did you start developing it? Uh, I had always been the smallest kid on my team ever since I can remember. So uh, except for probably now because I'm taller than Kendall. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but prior to now, uh, I had always been the shortest, so just by default, I was the point guard. So uh, I was able to start learning that position early and just learning the ins and outs of it. So. Yeah, that, that goes for me as well. I've always been the shortest, so I guess that's just kind of what I was given and worked with it. I, I do want to clear up a height question I got from uh, – I'm st I still keep in touch with uh, – a young lady named A.J. Newton, who was an all-conference player about five years ago for CSU. She's now working on a Ph.D. at uh, UConn. Mm -hmm. um, 
And she she watched the CSU game and sent me a sent me a text afterward and said, uh, "How tall is that point guard for CSU?" And I said, "She's listed at five five. And uh, uh, AJ said, "No way, because I'm five three. Mm-hmm. And I said, "You're not five three." Um, so I want to clear it up. What what are are, are we are we really five five? Just this is for no. AJ's purposes. I don't know how five five came about. I'm not sure who listed me as that, but no, I'm about uh, I'm about five two. I'd give me maybe five three on a good day with shoes. <laughs> AJ was five. I used to tell AJ you're five foot nothing. So uh, <laughs> she was listed, I think, at five three, but she was nowhere near it. So okay, we'll clear that up, and I'll send a note to AJ that we have the uh, we have the final answer on it. Um, you, you both you both played basketball in areas. Both grew up in areas that you know Isaiah in Texas, Al in Texas, uh, McKenna. You're from Prior Lake, Minnesota. Um, basketball, I'm going to, I know basketball isn't the number one sport at Allen, Texas. Um, it hasn't been traditionally, and I'm going to assume prior Lake has had a lot of hockey players, just a hunch. Um, what was it like? Uh, how did you gravitate toward basketball? Did you play other sports or did, was basketball just something you just immediately glommed onto? Uh, football was huge. Uh, as everyone knows, football is probably king in Texas, even though basketball is uh, making a strong case for it now. But growing up, I played a lot of football. Uh, my dad played college football, so uh, that was probably my favorite sport early on. But then just as guys started getting bigger and I wasn't growing as much, basketball started to become more and more of a of a realistic possibility. So uh, football and basketball were my two sports. Yeah, I played soccer pretty much until my junior year of high school. Yeah. And so I really love soccer, but I don't know. Basketball was always my first love. My brother, my older brother played it. So we always play together and it just kind of happened that way that basketball was the one I went with. I'll never forget when I saw uh, Alan, Alan's uh, football stadium that they built. I don't know how many years ago it was, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's better than a lot of college stadiums. How, how do the, the facilities in ha- basketball compare? Uh, yeah, football has, like, all the state-of-the-art stuff. Uh, basketball has a lot of good facilities as well. We got a new weight room probably my junior year, uh, which is also the year we had won the state championship, so kind of funny how stuff correlates. But, uh, yeah, now we have a huge gymnasium that sees a ton of fans and – uh, we have a bunch of different gyms, probably like three or four. And then our weight room is nice now and with a bunch of different, uh, <laughs> like, uh, like banners hanging up in there and different. Uh, we have like a big eagle in the gym. So the facilities are nice. Uh, they take care of all sports, especially when you're winning. How was the Christmas holiday? Did you guys get to go home or were you, were you on campus? Uh, I was on campus. I was able to go home for a week, which was really nice. That's great. How was it? Uh, in past years, Isaiah, have you been able to go home for Christmas or has it been, uh, you've been like last year, were you, were you on campus or was, what was it like being away from home on Christmas? Uh, last year I was able to go home for Christmas, uh, for a couple days, yeah. uh, here with COVID and everything. And then we have played games, uh, real close to that date. Uh, it, it was, it just probably would have cut it too close, uh, especially like, like I said, with COVID, but. Uh, spending Christmas away from home was a new experience for me. Uh, I wish I was able to be with my family, but uh, sometimes you got to sacrifice things. And 
Uh, I was in con constant contact with them. Uh, I loved them. They knew I wish I could be there. And uh, they expressed how much they wish they could be with me. So uh, it's all good. Uh, just hopefully I'll be able to see them next year. With the, with the way the travel is this year, where you're staying over a couple of nights now and in, in the same place, is that – what's that been like? Are you guys – bonding more, hanging out more, doing, doing any fun things? Or are you kind of grinding, watching film and uh, doing walkthroughs and those kind of things? Uh, I will say for us, uh, it's definitely probably more on the business side of things. Uh, a lot of film, a lot of walkthroughs. Uh, but we do get downtime to just chill and hang out. Uh, we don't really go out and do much, uh, like outside of the hotel, but uh, we have like team rooms and stuff where everybody can go down and just kind of hang out. Some guys might bring their Xboxes and get the video games going, but uh, it's fun though. Uh, our team is really close knit. So literally at any moment you can go hang out with anybody. So it's, it's actually pretty fun. McKenna. Yeah. You know, it's a lot of film, a lot of preparation, but we do find a lot of time to hang out and just be with each other in each other's rooms and everything. And I don't know, we kind of joke. It's kind of like an AU tournament. I feel like staying over a couple of nights in a hotel with your team, but it's fun. I enjoy it. I, I going back to kind of your high school stuff. Uh, I, I'm going to ask a question of you too, Isaiah. I caution you to answer this very carefully. What's better, Minnesota or Texas prep hoops? Oh, I'll say Texas for sure. Uh, <laughs> in my opinion, I don't think it's very close, but that I might be a little biased. Uh, don't tell David Roddy I said that because we. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I caution you. <laughs> <laughs> because did you know David at all when you were back in Minnesota? Did you know of him, or did did you meet David at all, or know of him at uh, when you were back in Minnesota? I knew of him, and I watched him a couple times, and I thought, wow, this is a really good player. But I didn't know him personally. No. Switching gears a little bit, I know you had some tough games last night, Isaiah uh, McKenna. I'm sure you played a few. What's the toughest? What's the toughest game you've ever played in? Either one of you. Ooh, that's a good question. Uh. I'll probably still have to go with the with the Duke game uh, last season. That uh, for that to be my second ever college basketball game, that was a <laughs> great introduction. Uh, <laughs> crazy environment. Uh, it was their first home game of the year. They were unveiling New Jersey, so the energy was crazy. Uh, they had former players come back, uh, all different types of ceremonies and stuff like that. So uh, they they had a rocket in camera for sure and. Uh, that was an experience for me, but that was probably the toughest game I've played in so far. You know, Steve Steve went to college there. Um, my yeah, first experience there was I, I visited. I came out for that game with, to watch you guys, Isaiah, and it, it my eyes were open. Like, you see it on TV. It just doesn't do it justice how special that place is. Yeah, yeah. Before I, I let uh, McKenna answer, uh, Joel and I were both there. Um we had a great time. I always had the second time I've been back to Duke to see CSU play. Um, I will let you know, I scored on those baskets before you did. Of course, it was an intramural games, not quite at the level uh, you were at. But, um, but yeah, McKenna, how about you? What toughest game you've ever played? The toughest game I've ever played? Probably UConn last year. I was out for the beginning of the season with an ankle injury, and that was my first real game back. That was just very eye-opening, but I mean, it was fun. It was a very fun game, but yeah, they are, they're legit, obviously. Yeah. 
Uh, how about the best arena? Isaiah was Cameron, the best place, you know, best uh, best venue you've ever played in. Uh, that one was really good, and then I was also really surprised with Sandy uh, with San Diego State last year. Uh, I had no prior knowledge of Viejas Arena. Uh, I didn't know that they were that crazy about basketball. So going in there, and I also think it was the same night that they were retiring Kawhi Leonard's jersey. So uh, they they had a rocket for sure, and that game was real competitive. Uh, we cut it close down the stretch and had a chance to win it there late, but. Uh, a house arena and probably Cameron Indoor other two that I'll have to go with. Okay, how about you? Probably Xavier. Xavier had a really nice new arena last year. It was it was really beautiful. So that was probably the nicest one I've played in. Yeah, you guys, Moby, and you probably saw it a couple times last year, Isaiah. But uh, Moby can get pretty darn good when when there's a good product on the court. So I imagine these coming years, you guys are going to see a, a the the true Moby madness. Uh, on both the men and women's side here soon. So it, it's a pretty special place when full and rocking. Isaiah, I'll, I'll ask you, I, I want to ask you this, um, you know, with such a young team, you mentioned how young you are, there's no seniors, you got a core junior, sophomores, and now, uh, you know, you got a couple of true freshmen logging some very important minutes in big games. Uh, do you think the program is ahead of where you expected it? What do you envision for the rest of this season? I know you're going game by game, but do you guys talk about this goal uh, of continuing to march towards the NCAA tournament? Uh, for sure. Uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't necessarily say that we're ahead of where we expected because we expect to come out and, uh, and win. Uh, we put in the work and we put in the time and the effort to come out here and compete every single night and, and put wins in the, uh, in the win column. So uh, that's not surprising to us. Those are things that we kind of expect. But uh, at the same time, it's a it's a growing process. Uh, we have guys who haven't played in some years, uh, like uh, James Moores and Isaiah Rivera is a first time college player. So uh, we're we're all just gelling, learning each other, and I feel like uh, we'll continue to be uh, in a positive place uh, moving forward with the way that we're playing. McKenna, you guys haven't played in, in nearly three weeks now. Um, what, what has that break kind of been for you and you anxious to get back on the court Thursday? Yeah, I think it was a much needed break. We were dealing with some injuries, so now we're a lot healthier than we were. Um, but we're ready to go. We're fired up. We're ready to play on Thursday. We're ready to get a couple more wins. And, yeah, we're ready for the rest of the season for sure. Well, I know we got to wrap up here soon and let you guys get back to it. Uh, Steve, I'll let you ask whatever last couple of questions you got. Just a couple quick ones. You know, the, the, uh, the reason I, I wanted to get you two together, as Joel said, was because your two point, the point guards leading the, the resurgence of uh, the two programs. Um, and you both were number four. Um, why did you guys, is number four always been your number? I'm just curious. Um, this is the first time I've ever worn number four. I, number one's kind of been my thing, but one of my teammates wears it. And I thought, you know, I like the number four. I really am starting to vibe with it. So, uh, for me, I wore number three all throughout high school. Uh, but obviously Kendall Moore beat me to it. Uh, <laughs> really. So, uh, when I got here, my brother had also switched to number four, uh, when he got to college. So I was just like, uh, why not? And it was available. I like the way it looks, uh, you know, make it pop a little bit. So I'm cool with it. Yeah, you know, the, the, the reason I was curious, um, turns out, I mean, number four is a pretty big time number at CSU. I don't know how much you're aware. Isaiah, you probably follow the Cowboys. Michael Gallup wore number four at CSU. 
Um, we had another wide receiver who played professionally for Houston named David Anderson, who wore number four. Basketball, the last two players, John Gillen uh, in the men's team and Pierce Horning on the men's team, both of whom were six men of the year in the Mountain West, very good players. So uh, number four comes with a lot of a lot of good history, and I think both you guys are doing a, a great job of representing that uh, that particular number. Uh, I did want to ask one question uh, to close, um, and that is, you know, I I play in the summertime. I usually get a chance to play golf with both Nico and uh, Ryan, and uh, in terms of getting under their skin. Is there a, a nice little story or something I should know about either one of them that you can share that I can make them really uh, uh, get a, a little upset and maybe throw them off their game? Uh, man, uh, nothing immediately comes to mind. Uh, if, if anything pops up, I'll be sure to get it back to you. But, <laughs> but I don't have anything that, that comes to mind. McKenna, you've got to have something on Ryan. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to think. I feel like I do, but I can't think of it right now. But yes, when I think of it or when I have a moment where I'm like, oh, yeah, this is good. I'll let you know for sure. They're, Very avoiding, good. they're avoiding wind sprints, Steve. <laughs> 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 well, guys, it's been awesome talking to you. It's really fun watching you both play. I know you guys both have busy schedules with practice and, uh, and everything else. So uh, Isaiah McKenna, thanks so much. And I also want to thank John Martin and uh, Austin Han and who oversee communications for both teams for helping coordinate, coordinate this today. So uh, really appreciate it, guys. Good luck this week. Looking forward to watching you get back on the court. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. All right. Thanks, Anna. Thanks Isaiah. And Thank good luck guys. this week uh, against uh, UNLV, both of you. Thank you. All right. Steve and I will be back in just a moment to talk more CSU basketball and more. But before we do, I just want to thank you all for Stopping into Ginger and Baker, I heard from several of you saying you stopped in there to buy some Christmas gifts and pies and uh, gift baskets. Uh, so really appreciate the support. They are actually closing for the month of January to recharge their batteries, uh, relax, refresh, do some deep cleaning in the facility, make improvements, and develop a new winter menu for the bakery, cafe, and cash. But uh, if you are in need of a pie, you can still give them a call at 970-223-7437 throughout January. They wish everyone a happy new year, and they hope to see you Come back strong in February as uh, hopefully the COVID restrictions start lightening up and they are allowed to have more people indoors. So support Ginger and Baker when they open back up. We'll be back in a moment. Welcome back to Ram Nation Radio. That was fantastic. What a couple of great representatives of... Colorado State basketball, uh, McKenna Hofstrad, Isaiah Stevens, two excellent players on the court, but what great kids they are too, man. Just smart, sharp, fun, nice, polite. What do you think, Steve? That, that, that was everything I was hoping it would be. You know, I, I've gotten to know Isaiah a little bit uh, last year, um, and he's just a really incredibly nice kid. Uh, you can see it by his behavior on the court. He's always focused on the next play. Doesn't get too high. Doesn't get too low. Uh, tons of energy. Tons of tons of professionalism in the way he carries himself. 
Um, and I haven't really had a chance to get to know McKenna other than just to watch her on the court and maybe ask her a couple questions and some post-game stuff. But um, wonderful young lady. You can tell by the spirit uh, in which she plays and Isaiah as well. Um, they both play with a lot of heart and a lot of passion. And, uh, and I, 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 it, it, it comes through in their personalities as well. Well, I wanted to ask you a couple of questions on the basketball season so far, particularly the men's side. You know, we're coming off of back-to-back games where Colorado State played probably the, the toughest conference opponent they're going to see all year, although there's some other good teams we'll talk about. Um, you know, what we witnessed on Saturday night was nothing short of a miracle. <laughs> you know, coming back from 26 down in Viejas Arena against that team, with that defense, uh, and a team that had shot 50% from three almost uh, that night. Um, and you come back and you win that just in tremendous fashion with uh, a lot of teams would have folded, right? A lot of teams probably would have just, just tanked and said, this is not our night. Nico Medved said as much, uh, but that's not what's in this team's DNA. I mean, they, they clawed back. They went through several different runs where they kept um, San Diego State scoreless and uh, closed out the game, what, with a uh, – what was it 12-0 run to close the game, something like that? And, oh, wow. uh, and, and they, just just a, an amazing, amazing game. And then, you know, as euphoric as we were and prophetic as Nico was, he wasn't prophetic, but he said, you know, we, we definitely don't want to get down another 26 points on Monday night, which uh, they did very quickly and got down as much as 29, which certainly you thought that they might fold then. And they didn't ever get it back to where they were truly challenged uh, to get back in that game. But they did, you know, cut the lead down to 12 uh, at one point, I think, or 13 was the final uh, margin. But, you know, just uh, I think I think that the fight that this team has shown is it was especially as young as they are. Steve is is impressive. Uh, and I think that experience, whether they won one game, won two games, lost both games, the experience that they got there in Viejas against that team with a, a young core that they have is, is huge. Yeah. I, you know, I, I tend to, yeah, it's so easy to get upset when they lose. I mean, I hate watching them lose. Um, but it, when you take a step back and you look at what they accomplished this weekend, uh, there isn't a team in the mountain West that wouldn't be happy splitting one, one uh, against at San Diego state. Uh, last year we lost twice to them. As Isaiah talked about, we were close. We actually had a three pointer to beat them last year, uh, in VA, VA house. Um, but we lost by 20 at home. Um, if you look at the total margins, we lost by 26 total points last year, uh, this year, 13 and a win by three. Um, so the average went from losing by 13 to losing by five. We're getting there. Um, and, and, and that's kind of the, that's kind of the big picture of how I look at things. The other, the other thing that uh, to me was impressive, um, we, t- we talk about how young and inexperienced uh, these guys are. We started two freshmen yesterday against the top 25 team, <laughs> um, James Moores and Isaiah Rivera. And there's a lot of learning that goes on in terms of playing and starting uh, a game against a team of the quality of San Diego State. And um, if you recall, I asked Nico uh, after the game, we talked a little bit about, you know, kind of how much of it was San Diego State. And he talked about how they came out playing with an edge. Uh, Their screens were tighter. Um, They were running off their screens better, maybe just a little faster. 
And when you're talking when you're talking uh, Division One basketball at that level, the margins are so small that if you're a tenth of a second behind you were the day the game before, that's enough to give a guy like Jordan Shackle enough room. And uh, that guy is an incredibly good shooter. Um, it happens. Um, and so they got they got good experience yesterday, uh, starting you know two freshmen, two sophomores, and a junior um, against a team that starts or that has four, five seniors and three juniors in their rotation. Um, they learned a lesson yesterday, um, and they're just going to have to get better if they want to keep moving forward. So, so one one thing I don't know if this is a concern of yours. It's just an observation, really. So far, it's still a young season, but basically in half of the Rams' games so far, they've gotten off to a pretty bad uh slow start uh, at least the first five minutes you know obviously the St. Mary's the entire game was bad but you know those first five minutes they got down 14 to 2 um then Santa Clara first five minutes they were down 10 to just could not make a basket they obviously were completely destroyed early on against San Diego State in both games what is there something you can attribute that to is it just the tough opponents is it anomaly um or is this something that CSU somehow can address to get off on how to get get off on better starts you know, I, it's, it's always a concern. You want to be ahead. I'd rather be ahead 10, nothing than be down 10, nothing. Um, and I, I think some of it uh, you can attribute to uh, the other team. Uh, they, they were all good opponents, um, but the, don't forget they were all on the road. Um, and when you're a, um, when you're a team that, that runs, that shoots threes, Sometimes being in new gyms for the first time uh, can make a difference. Your shooting uh, uh, shooting might not be quite at the level that it is at home. I always thought Moby was a great shooting gym. I always thought the green chairs, the green seats, and the backgrounds were just unbelievably good for 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 shooting. And I think we we get comfortable there, and maybe we're a little less comfortable on the road. Uh, which, of course, then if that's true, that would dictate that we need to figure out a way to maybe score inside a little more easily uh, to start games. And that's, but that's uh, the coaching staff knows what they're doing. Um, Nico talked about how they got good looks yesterday. Maybe they didn't get them the game, the first game in San Diego, um, but they got good looks yesterday. They just didn't make them. Um, you reverse, you know, who was making and who was missing in the first 10 minutes and you have a completely different game. So yeah, it's a concern, but I, I don't think it's something that'll continue as the season progresses. You know, you did mention these guys earlier, but um, CSU has got obviously a couple true freshmen performing right now, or, or um, actually James is a redshirt freshman, but Isaiah Rivera uh, logged some important minutes uh, Monday. Um, PJ Bird is also, a, you know, essentially a newcomer. Um, he gave some good minutes. How, how do you think these young guys are performing so far? I, I think it's fantastic. You know, and let me talk a little bit about Moores because, you know, Moores was really more of a, even though he's a big, he's much more of a perimeter player um, throughout his career. And so he's converting to being a, a true post player, um, a true big that has to go inside and fight and score inside. Um, and I think his uh, I think his uh, transition to that kind of player has has actually been really uh, ahead of where I thought he he might be. I'm more disappointed that he keeps on missing threes. He's a really good shooter. Um, so Moore's I think is 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 progressing nicely. Rivera is showing a ton um, in terms of uh, in terms of just overall ability. His ability to play on both ends of the floor. He can score inside and out. He's guarding people uh, effectively. 
he's fearless in terms of going to the basket. And that's something that, uh, that, that you have to admire in a, in a freshman, especially playing against teams like San Diego state and a guy like Nathan Mensa, <laughs> that guy's a beast in the middle and to, to, to not be afraid to go inside on a guy like that is something. Uh, the one, the one you didn't mention that I think has made as big a progress as anybody is John Tanjay. Um, I have been very high on John since the first time I saw him, um, lightly recruited out of Omaha, but if you look at him, he, and I've told everybody I, about him, uh, Big Ten body just needs to have more and more experience. And if you look at the two games he played at San Diego State, it started showing up, and he was very, very physical, showed his outside ability, uh, scored inside, got a couple of tough rebounds, um, and obviously hit the, the big shot to, to, to win the game on, uh, on Saturday. Uh, that's, that's big time. Um, and he's only going to get better and better as well. So I, the young guys are really, really starting to show up. The one I'm, the one I'm, I'm a little concerned with, um, and I know it's coming, um, it's been a little bit of a surprise to me with uh, Deshaun Thomas, who has started every game up until yesterday, um, came in off the bench. Deshaun was good for 10 or 12 minutes every game. A very high, very efficient scorer. Didn't take a lot of shots, but a high shooting percentage uh, uh, both inside and out, um, Billy to hit the elbow jumper, the ability to score, uh, on the pick and roll. And, um, he's been struggling this year and it's been a, a surprise to me that, uh, that he struggled as much. Uh, I think, uh, on, on the positive side, he can only get better. And when he starts playing like he can play, I think we're going to see another, another, another level of improvement with, uh, with, uh, with the Rams. You know, and then, then there's a lot of superlatives and uh, you hear a lot of praise on TV, on the telecast lately for David Roddy, uh, just was um, named player of the week, Mount West player of the week. Uh, and on, I think it was last night or maybe it was Saturday night, the, um, the announcers were calling him a, a top player of the year candidate in the Mountain West. How do you think he's played? It seems like his, his game has really elevated early on this year. Yeah, I, you know, he's, he's definitely up a level. Um, the, uh, I, I, I don't know. I, I haven't had a chance to really talk to him about what he's done behind the scenes. Obviously he, he practices, he, he shoots, he does all those things. I think he's in better physical shape. Um, I think that uh, last year was maybe a, a little bit of an eye opener. Um, and I think it, toward the end of the year, he, he might've shown a little fatigue. Um, he wasn't as effective uh in the last couple of weeks as he had been in uh, January and uh, halfway through February this year, he's coming out smoking. And I mean, he's playing 35, 38 minutes. He's not having any issues in terms of getting up and down the floor. Um, he has been a beast on the boards. Um, the one thing that, that, that I like, and I, this is something that I always uh, look for CSU wants to get into transition um, on offense. And the only way you're going to do that is keeping the ball out of the basket, which means defending people. And then you've got to finish with a rebound, but it's not just any kind of rebound. It's a, it's a rebound that creates space around you um, so that you can get the easy outlet pass or get the ball up the court fast uh, yourself on the dribble. Um, Carvacho, Nico was very good at, at creating space for rebounds. David is an extraordinary. Um, you'll watch guys go up for rebound. All of a sudden, everybody's 10 feet away from them. Um, and the vision is there, the ability to throw passes and get moving. And, and CSU, CSU is at its best when they're in, uh, they're in transition. They're absolutely uh, devastating. So I think that's the one, the one area where he's really 
showing it. Maybe he had the ability to do that last year. It's just Nico got all the rebounds. But um, he's really become an extraordinary rebounder, one of the top defensive rebounders in the country right now. Am I mistaken, or are we seeing a lot more backdoor cutting, uh, getting baskets at the rim a lot this year so far? Yeah, that's always what's really interesting. You know, if you look at this uh, this offense, and you'll hear references to it sometime on TV, but there are very very strong aspects of uh, uh, Princeton uh, Princeton offense uh, stuff that they run. You know, when you bring the big out to the to the high post uh, and run your offense through a big at the high post, that was very much uh, how the Princeton was predicated, um, and so. Uh, you know, one of the other one of the other things you'd see in the in the Princeton is backdoor cuts, and so I think you're just seeing the fact that um, you know James and uh, Dishon are both pretty good passers. Nico was too, um, but uh, but maybe we're just being a little more a little more assertive at getting to the basket. But yeah, that, that, that's in there in the offense, and uh, you know we've seen Thistlewood do it, get to the hoop. We've seen uh, uh, Tanjay get to the hoop that way. There's just been all kinds of uh, all kinds of good opportunities that way. So six and two, three and one conference play. Rams, uh, you, you probably would have taken that look in at the start of the season at this point. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, Fresno was a little bit of an unknown. I didn't think Fresno would start very good. We probably got a little bit of, little bit of help drawing and getting to play Fresno early. They're a very new team. They have 10 new players. Uh, they have a beast in the middle, Orlando Robinson. And they started showing a little bit more against Wyoming, albeit Wyoming maybe not quite at the level of CSU yet, but um, Wyoming's been pretty good. Um, but Fresno, I think, like I said, we caught a little bit of a break. Uh, we didn't catch a break getting San Diego State early. Um, they're as good. They're, they're a fine-tuned machine. They hit the they hit the ground running this year. Wins over, I mean, a 15-point win over UCLA. You know, one of the things, Joe, you talk about. Oh, we lost by 13. We should be disappointed. You know, they, they, San Diego State beat UCLA by 15 on the same floor. Our second best game on that floor was, this year was better than UCLA's first game. So, um, it, 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 it's there that we drew a little bit of a, a a tough start there. So, I all in all, I mean, yeah, three and one um, with a split at, at Viejas. Uh, now's the chance to, to make some hay. We have UNLV coming in. Uh, they were picked to finish ahead of CSU to start the season uh, in the preseason poll. They're not, uh, they haven't played in, in almost four weeks. Uh, they hit the ground not so running with a very difficult schedule uh, following a terrible home loss at Mon uh, to Montana State. They went out on the road and they got to play North Carolina. Uh, they got to play, uh, God, I'm trying to remember the other, the other team. Davidson was one of them. Davidson, North uh, Carolina, Alabama, Alabama, another good team. Um, and, uh, so three tough games that had they won any of them, that would have been a, a successful, uh, successful tournament. And then they won at Kansas state and they were just starting to get into it. And, uh, and uh, then they go on COVID pause for basically three and a half weeks. They practiced yesterday for the first time since, uh, since before well before christmas so um i think the 15th of december was the last time they practiced before yesterday so we'll see what happens when they come to moby um COVID has done so so many strange things this year um and you, you read about stuff and you've you've heard if you've listened to some of nico's interviews so much of what we've had to do early on is you don't really focus game plans on opponents you focus on getting yourself better because you have had so many uh, so many missed practices and, and no games to play that you really are. Uh, and that's the, that's where UNLV is now. 
especially when they're looking for uh, uh, just to, just to come out and play. Uh, we'll see what happens when they come to Moby. Do you think TJ is the right coach there? I think he's a really good coach. Um, he did a great job at South Dakota State. I think one of the he's in a he's in a tricky place. Um, compare him to uh, to Nico Medved. Nico didn't have the pressure to win uh, to win right away, um, and so the first year he spent figuring out how to how to get his program up and running. He brought in a couple of freshmen and played them, uh, Thistlewood and Moore. Um, they've turned out to be really good players, but they got a lot more time than they would get at any other program uh, without the, without pressure to uh, programs that have pressure to win. You wouldn't have seen Thistlewood and Moore get as much time. Um, TJ is under pressure to win Las Vegas. And so his, his lineups, his, his, his rosters include, uh, he's got six freshmen um, and he's going to have a hard time getting all the uh, minutes that he would like to get them because of the pressure to win. He's got a senior big, um, he's got uh, junior uh, Bryce Hamilton, who's really good. Uh, transfer David Jenkins, who's a junior, who's good. He got a transfer from uh, Iowa State, Caleb Grill, who got immediate eligibility, who's a sophomore, who walked into play. So there's, and then he's got a junior walk on uh, uh, Marvin Coleman. And those guys play the, the majority of the minutes. It's hard for him to develop the bench when he's got so many freshmen. He doesn't have a lot of guys in between his starters and brand new guys and so i think you're seeing some some startup pains he might be two years away but they're recruiting well and they'll be good and he's a their style of play they'll come out and they'll uh, they get at you pretty good um very per, perimeter oriented team this year with four guards and a big and sometimes they'll go small like csu does um and they got guys that can shoot so they can shoot you out of a gym if you if you let them yeah, it'll be interesting to see if it's uh, if if fresh legs are more of a benefit uh, than because you know we played four games in eight days right now and we'll play it again here in a couple nights, or if our game experience outweighs their you know overtakes their rust you know so it'll be interesting what what, what kind of basketball we'll see out of UNLV after not having played a game since December fifth. Um, so just a quick look around the conference, Steve. Have you paid a lot of attention? Much attention? Boise State, 8-1, 4-0 conference. Uh, I, I, I think everyone says that they might be the best team in the conference. Their schedule so far has been a little underwhelming, but they did beat BYU on the road. They swept New Mexico and San Jose State. Um, Their only losses to Houston, and Houston, I think, is ranked like fifth or seventh in the country. So, yeah, uh, yeah Boise State is very good. Um, they are very balanced. Um they can play. Uh, they can play quote smaller lineups, smaller, quicker lineups. But the, their smaller, quicker lineups have a bunch of six eight and six six nine and six seven guys on the floor. They're not small, um, and they're athletic. They can run. Um, they have been shooting the ball very very well. Um, I thought that would be a weakness coming into the season, and they're probably ahead of it in terms of the way they're shooting the ball. Um, but you know, it's a the, the one thing you always look for, they've got a lot of four-star transfers. Um, they got a, a kid from Oregon. They got two from Arizona, one who's about to start playing. Um, there's only one basketball that goes amongst five players. And so uh, it's, it's ultimately comes down to how you blend as a, as a team. I think they have some very good things they're doing, but you know, they had a 52 point win against San Jose state. And then two nights later, 
um, one point. they won by one on a, on a, a putback with like 15 seconds to go. And mm-hmm. San Jose State had a shot to win the game. That should never happen against the San Jose State. So you, you wonder sometimes um, they're going to they, they get a little bit of a a little bit of an easy draw to start, but uh, then uh, all of a sudden, you know, CSU, Utah State, and uh, and then they close the season at San Diego State. So, I mean, I expect them to, to stay at or near the top of the conference, and they are a good they are a good candidate to earn an at large berth if they keep going the way they're going. I know that uh, we don't benefit from a, a home crowd advantage, but it would be nice to get them on our own court twice. So, uh, and then what do you think? Thoughts on Utah State seven and three, four and zero. Oh. Um, they got off to a slow start, one and three, but you know, and then they've also benefited from a, 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 one of the easier conference schedules to start. They've swept San Jose State and Air Force. Yeah, um, rugged defense, rugged interior, uh, the best one-two punch on the inside in uh, Keita and uh, Justin Bean. Um, breaking in guards, um, they don't have a very deep bench. Their starting five is good. They have a transfer from Virginia um, that uh, is helping a lot. And then uh, uh, Brock Miller, three-point specialist, who's shooting better this year than last year. And then a a good freshman named uh, Raleigh uh, Worcester. Um, And the starting five looks solid. They have a little trouble when they have to go into their bench. But they've been able to to get out to to leads. and use their bench wisely, um, but we'll see what happens when they get against better teams. But they're going to be up there. I, 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 I actually thought they'd be second in the conference this year, only because of the fact that uh, they have a very, very good coach in Greg Smith. Nevada, uh, eight and three, three and one in conference so far. You know they've also they swept New Mexico, and I think they beat they sweep Air Force. Split with Air Force. Uh, <laughs> they split with Air Force. Split with Air Force. Which uh, that was, uh, they they blew a double digit lead at halftime against Air Force, which is pretty incredible. They're um, they're an interesting team. Very, they're tall. They foul a lot on the inside. Their backcourt is very good. They have a transfer named Grant Sherfield from Wichita State, who uh, became eligible right away. I can tell you right now, without him, they would be dreadful. Um, he's the only guy who really can uh, can handle the ball and initiate anything on offense. They do have a good uh, a good shooting guard who transferred from Brown named uh, Desmond Cambridge. That's their one-two punch, and then they rely on basically uh, uh, trying to play trying to play defense. They're probably uh, a year away. Um, they're a lot like CSU in the fact they're very young. They have. Uh, uh, maybe a little less experience in some places than CSU, but, um, but they have the, the, like I said, Cambridge and Sherfield, and they just picked up a four-star five-star transfer from Texas, big man. And they have another transfer that'll be eligible next year from Oregon. So that's four starters right there. Um, they'll be way different next year, but uh, this year, no better. I don't think they'll be better in the middle of the pack. They'll play some games where they're good because Alford's uh, a good coach, but I, there'll be some games where they're just not very good, and it'll be dependent on uh, uh, how well Sherfeld goes for them. A couple more, Steve, uh, and you touched on Wyoming earlier. They're looking improved. They had a lot of experience coming back. They've got new coach, Jeff Linder, uh, who seemingly is going to do good things there, don't you think? I mean, they're 7-2 and two right now, 1-1 one and one in the conference at UNLV. Series was postponed, but you know they got wins at Oregon State and Utah Valley. They split with Fresno the other night. Uh, so, thoughts on Wyo and where they'll be? 
Yeah, uh, you know, the, the one impressive thing they've done already is they have three wins on the road. I don't know if any Mountain West team can say that. It doesn't matter who the opponent is. Um, winning on the road is always, always big at the collegiate level. Um, I am impressed by uh, their ability to score. They, they run an offense that's very much a, an ISO offense where they have three guys that can uh, – they'll try and take you one-on-one. Um, they have uh, – uh, what's his name? Hunter Maldonado from Colorado Springs, Quam Marble from uh, Denver, and then a freshman guard from Texas who's dynamite named Marcus Williams. Uh, freshman guard from Texas. That sounds familiar, huh? Um, yeah. And uh, and those guys are all very good one-on-one uh, -on -one players. And, and if you collapse on them, they have three-point shooters on the perimeter waiting to waiting to make them. They're not afraid. They will take any open three they get. They're a very good uh, volume shooting three-point team. Um, very good offensively. Uh, work to do defensively. One of the things uh, I noticed there was a game they played that they they won at home against a pretty weak team. And uh, they were getting absolutely murdered inside. Um, and um, they, it's kind of a philosophy of theirs. They don't double team people. Um, and on the inside, they, they, they kind of go half-hearted at it, but that's because they don't want to give up threes. And that Linder's philosophy is a lot of built around, we'll take threes and give you guys twos. Um, that can work. Um, last night it didn't against Fresno because they didn't double team Orlando Robinson. We saw how good Orlando Robinson was when he came to CSU last week. Um, CSU always slapped double on him. The kid still would, I don't know, 19 points and 15 rebounds, I think. He's really good. But last night he had 33 and 15. Wyoming wasn't double teaming him. They, they were very naive when they tried to throw a second defender at him and they ended up fouling a lot. Um, so I think they have work to do defensively, but um, – but they're, they're going to be dangerous just because they're so good. They are good offensively. And Linder's doing a great job with them. They're, again, another young team. CSU, Nevada, and Wyoming are three of the youngest teams in the country. Um, you're looking at a, a core of three teams that I think a year or two from now are going to be at or near the top of the conference. Uh, you think Paul Weir is long for New Mexico? You think he'll Personal. be there? Yeah. Personally, no. Uh, I The, the one thing... Um, yeah, I, I, I told somebody this the other day. Uh, they call it basketball for a reason. You're supposed to put the ball in the basket. They don't call it run and jump ball. They call it basketball. Um, New Mexico is very good at running and jumping. They are not very good at putting the basketball in the hoop. Uh, last year, um, if you remember, they were supposed to be really, really good. Um, they had a couple of suspensions. They came to Moby and we beat them by 30-something points. The year before, we beat them by 20-something points. With a, with a somewhat weak team. Um, if you watch them play, uh, they like to play, they like to play run and jump, lob the ball, dunk the ball. Um, this year it's crash the boards, crash the boards, crash the boards, keep putting it back until the ball goes in. The problem is if it doesn't go in, it goes the other way for easy transition baskets. They give up a lot of easy baskets. They're not very good in the half court. They, their half court offense is let's get a shot to the, let's get in the paint, get a shot to the rim beat the crap out of the other team and try and put the ball in the basket. Um, not impressed with that, not impressed with their, their half court defense. And, and a lot of that might be driven by the fact they have so many new players, but every year he turns over his roster and his, his turn, his roster turnover has not been a, a formula for success. I don't know if New Mexico has the money to do anything 
anything about it, but I'll tell you what, I know who'd be a hell of a hire down there. It's Tim Miles. I think, uh, I, you know, I can't believe they wouldn't talk to somebody like Tim who um, I know would love to get back in the mountain West um, and uh, with his relationships with Nico and, uh, and Craig and Alford and, and, and uh, Brian Dutcher, uh, he would love to get back in the Mountain West. And I can't believe New Mexico wouldn't look at somebody like Tim to rebuild that program because they have a lot of rebuilding to do. It'd be great to have him back in the league. Well, uh, before we wrap up, I wanted to go to one, one football note. I think it's been pretty eye-opening to see how many seniors are announcing they're returning. You know, you had the McBride brothers both say they were coming back. Scott Patchen, defensive end, coming back. Manny Jones, defensive line, coming back. Elson Hubbard, coming back. Daquan Jackson, coming back. Uh, cornerback, Marshawn Cameron. Offensive lineman, Keith Williams. Running back, Marcus McElroy, just said uh, Monday that he's coming back. Ryan Stonehouse, coming back. You know, what that means, I, it, above all else to me, is just the fact that if, if these guys thought that they didn't like the leadership or they didn't like the direction of the program, they're probably out, you know, but uh, I think just the, the sheer number of these seniors coming back tells you that they are confident in the direction and in the leadership of the, of the program, which to me is encouraging. Um, I, I don't know if they're just handpicking players to allow to return with the scholarship. Um, you know, obviously everyone's eligible to come back, but that doesn't mean the school is going to honor their scholarship where money doesn't grow on trees at CSU. Uh, but I'm sure that Adazio has gone to bat for uh, with the, to the administration pleading for as much uh, money and allowance as possible to, to bring back some of these top players. Um, so to me, I, I don't know what, what your takeaways of that are, but I think above all else, it's nice to see that they, there must be some level of confidence among the team that they, that they are excited to come back and, and build something at CSU. Yeah. You can't, you, you know, continuity is so important. You know, the, the impressive, the impressive thing to me, um, one of the conclusions I draw with all those defensive linemen coming back, you know, CSU's defensive line was the, the strongest part of the team this year. I don't know the defensive line coach, but he must have a lot of respect from those players. Cause uh, I don't think that many players would come back if they didn't think the coach was a outstanding coach. I think that's, part of the that relationship is probably what's driving that just as much as uh, some of the other things agreed it will be uh it'll be interesting um spring uh session coming up here in uh march april you know the, there's a couple grad transfers coming in offensive linemen and a cornerback from temple and then what what's what's really going to be intriguing is you got you're signing three quarterbacks true freshman quarterbacks coming in and you basically have todd Santeo as the the lone incumbent who uh, we'll, we'll see if he's a, a true candidate to, to you know, that he, he's going to fight it out with the freshman, I guess, to, to see he's going to be the starter unless they go after some, some other transfer in that position. But uh, that is going to be probably the biggest piece for CSU to, to determine whether or not they can have a successful season in, in 2021. Yeah, uh, for sure. The quarterback thing, um, you know, I, I think, you know, at the beginning of the season, I know we had a discussion uh, prior to the season and I think we had all had concerns about the offensive line. And I think they turned out to be legitimate concerns. We didn't have very good offensive line. So it's exciting to see the, uh, the transfers there. But I'll tell you what, I'd hate to put a freshman quarterback behind that offensive line we had this year. It struggled and it was just a strange year. And, and you know, you look at some of these schools and now I'm going to be a, have played 12 games and CSU got in four and it's that, that, that's a setback, whether you like it or not. Uh, just when, when you've got a new coaching staff and you're in, in trying to build a program and instill 
uh, a new culture and you only get four games in, you don't get all the practices in. Um, it's a, it's a lost year almost. So um, hopefully, you know, some breaks can go their way next year and in, in some unexpected, uh, someone, someone at quarterback can step up and lead the team. Uh, but it's, it is good to see some of these seniors coming back and, and say, Hey, we want to be part of uh, this, this resurgence. So hopefully we can see that, but uh, for now, let's just keep enjoying the success we're seeing in basketball. It's been really fun to watch so far. A couple big games coming up this week. UNLV uh, is in town. We'll, we'll be in town, hopefully, and assuming they don't have any more setbacks with COVID, but uh, Steve, really appreciate you taking uh, an hour out of your day and, and uh, for all your insights in college hoops and everything else. And, and uh, great, great suggestion on getting McKenna and, and Isaiah today. So they, they were fantastic. Yeah. Hey, Joel, thanks a lot for setting it up. I know with your connections at CSU, uh, uh, that was uh, pretty, pretty cool that you could uh, set it up so quickly just based on one little simple text I sent you about an idea I had. And uh, that was a lot of fun. Um, I I look forward to hopefully doing some more things like that over the course of the basketball season. But uh, I think that was a great way to get to know uh, Isaiah and McKenna. Um, and they, as we said before, two extraordinary young, uh, young athletes, uh, two great Rams, uh, two really good point guards that are fun to watch. So thanks for having me on and uh, thanks for setting all that stuff up. Yep. And thanks to Isaiah and McKenna, as well as John Martin, and Austin Hannon for helping coordinate that. Hey, before we close, let me remind you to stop by Mighty River Brewing Company in Windsor. They've got more than a dozen fresh beers on tap, and they are now allowed to have a few people inside as well as on their patio. Uh, what a great setup Dan Miller has over there. He is a great Ram supporter, a great Ram Nation supporter, and just does a fantastic job at Mighty River Brewing Company. Man, there's some lucky finishers in our Ram Nation Pigskin Pick'em Contest who have earned free beer taster flights and free growlers. So there's going to be a lot of people enjoying some freshies over there in the coming weeks. So uh, very envious of that. Dan Miller, go support him and what he's doing and tell him thank you for all he does for RamNation.com. Thanks everybody for listening. Appreciate you all. Good to have you back. Happy New Year. Uh, let's look forward to some uh, the rest of this college hoop season. We'll talk to you soon. Go Rams.